You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good morning. Great to see you all. Now, I know God is moving in this place when Dave Baxadell is wearing a suit jacket. (laughs) He's already taken it off. Looking so good, man. It is great to have you with us. If you're just joining us, we're in part two. It's a bit of family conversation for the next couple of weeks, part two of our vision series about who, what, why, how we do this thing called church and what we sense God may be saying to us uh, in this season of our church life. Uh, You know, one of the keys, I really believe, to navigating the obvious chaos we're experiencing in our culture at the moment is that we need good leadership across the board. We need good leadership in church. We need good leadership if you own your own business. Uh, We need good leadership in education, the hospitals, everywhere. We need good leadership because most things rise and fall on leadership. And wise leaders need to always become students of what God is doing. Students of what God is doing, but also stewards of what God is doing. In other words, we as a church and we as a team of leaders here are constantly asking and trying to see and discern, God, what are you doing among us? And we want to hear what God is saying and follow where he is moving. But we always want to do it with two things. We want to be thinking, um, are we being biblically faithful? Are we being faithful to the Bible? And are we being culturally effective in what we do? Now, the model of church being built and what we sense God is doing among us is actually being built right now among us as we speak. What is God doing? Many people ask that question. Many people ask that question to me uh, regularly. What is God doing? I I respond by saying, what is God doing? He's doing what he's doing. As we follow and discern and see where the Holy Spirit is moving, that is what God is doing among us. And we've always said we're going to try and follow the favor, follow where God is moving, and then just narrow the focus. We try and steward with our people, with our leaders, with our resources. We're going to try and steward at a sustainable pace, which we must learn to do, particularly because of COVID, a sustainable pace and try and follow the favor. So I simply wanna share some of the things that God is doing among us and then paint a picture of our preferred future practically this morning. Now next week we're gonna be talking about how we're building our home here. We're gonna talk about home improvements. We're gonna talk about people and community and new team members. But most importantly, we will talk about how you can play your part in this. But today we're building bigger rooms in our city and for our city. And last week we shared our vision about building a home for Hull. And there are so many aspects to that. We'd be here all day if we were to talk about everything. There are so many things happening currently. But today I just want to mention three things, just three things. So before I get an email saying, well, you didn't mention this and you didn't mention that, we'd be here all day. Uh, There are so many things, but I just want to highlight three things for us to consider. First of all, going to 
the next level in terms of our compassion ministries. The second thing is stepping into a moment of multiplication. And the third thing, creatively growing our online influence and reach. But before we jump into those three things, I just want to start with some stories of what God is doing just from this last week. I'm a, I have kind of like an unwritten rule amongst the, the team here that we don't uh, talk about stories any older than a few weeks. I always want to know what is God up to at the moment. And so here are just some testimonies from the last few days. So I'm just going to read some of these out, uh, stories that were emailed in. During the end of the evening service last week, a word of knowledge was given that someone needs prayer for a problem with their breathing affecting their lungs. I have asthma and struggled to breathe deeply, even with medication all week. So I stood up and received prayer and immediately was able to take deep breaths and felt a release in my airways. Praise God, my breathing has continued to be good so far. Let's give a round of applause for that. So good. I was inspired by what Josh shared Sunday night. I think I was supposed to say John shared, but anyway, um, it's a joke. About finding Jesus as we spend time with the vulnerable and marginalized. On the way home from church, I called it Tesco. It's always Tesco where God is moving. And a guy sat outside, asked me for loose change. I said I didn't have anything, but asked him if he wanted something to eat. He said he didn't because he had a really bad tooth and couldn't eat. I sat down with him for a bit and we chatted. He was so open as I shared about God and offered to pray for him and he said yes. When we had finished, he said that his tooth felt much better. Now, awesome. One more. Over the last few days, the muscle in the back of my bottom leg has been painful, particularly when I moved that area in my leg such as when using the car clutch and climbing the stairs. It's not something I've ever experienced before, but I've been exercising more than usual without stretching, or I wondered if it was a cramp that was bothering me for a lot longer than it would usually. I attended church on Sunday, and Josh and John began to share what God was saying in terms of physical conditions that God wanted to heal within the congregation. In my head, I told God, unless he is specific, I am keeping quiet. How many of you have had those thoughts before? Josh then stated, someone has shin splints. And Josh at the time didn't know what shin splints was. I didn't. We had to ask somebody. Uh, I thought that sounded specific enough, but just to be sure, I googled shin splints to discover it was exactly my symptoms and what I had been suffering with, posterior shin splints. I then felt I had to say something, so I stood up and stated I was suffering from shin splints. Joni and Kath prayed for my leg, and as they were doing that, I felt like what felt like a painless internal operation happening on the muscles in the exact same spot where I'd been experiencing pain. My leg felt better instantly, and I drove home that night feeling no pain. How awesome is that? So God is moving among us, and that, of course, always flows out into our community. And so, what are we doing? We want to build a home for Hull. In order to do that, we want to create rooms in our city and in our community so that people can find Jesus. And so, first of all, I want to talk about the room of compassion. The room of compassion. Do you know, we as a church, historically, 
have always been marked by compassion. Indeed, the vineyard as a movement globally have always been marked by compassion. It is something that is so dear to us. It is intrinsic to us. It's in our DNA. It's in our very fiber of our being. This is who we are. We offer the compassion of Christ and the mercy of Christ to each other and to our community. And I've always found this through a bunch of things that as we lean into, is you find is that God brings a multiplying effect of favor in other areas. One of those areas is compassion. Another area will be generosity. Another area is I found as we look to bless other churches in the city, is that you find God bringing a supernatural grace upon other areas of church life. I was really, really encouraged while we were away to hear about um, just this story. Melvin Tinker was the uh, vicar I've been a vicar in the city for many, many years at St. John's down the road. And uh, during COVID, Melvin and I got to know each other quite well. We went on some walks, and um, I looked at him as a bit of a mentor. And though in many respects we're very different uh, in some aspects of theology and uh, ecclesiology, and yet I just loved him. I absolutely loved him. And what I heard was, that he sadly passed away, but one of his last requests as he was dying was to have his funeral held here at our church. Now, isn't that amazing? He actually said that, and then Josh and the team uh, welcomed many, many people here. And I just thought, that is just, I love that. I can't tell you how much I love that. And we've been prophesied recently... um, over us, uh, just at many things Joni and I have been at, about days of Wilberforce and Booth and seeing significant ministries built in the area of compassion and social justice, entrepreneurship in our church and for the city because we exist for the city, Jeremiah 29, we exist for the peace and the prosperity of the city. We are here to serve the city and wash the feet of the city and to love the city and to engage in the city. That is why we are here. And so I want to start with a focus on our compassion ministry because the Lord spoke really clearly to this church before COVID that we need to rapidly expand and accelerate our compassion ministries. And so in a few months, we launched Baby Bags, Grow and Grow Baby, CMA Debt Advice, our Give Help, Get Help campaign, phone calls to lonely delivery drivers, the big Christmas giveaway, uh, hugely scaled up food bank and more. And partnerships have sprung up all across the city with the council, with schools, with the NHS, with businesses, and remarkable favors upon that work. And it has continued to grow. But we sense the Lord is asking us to be ready for a significant step of faith in this whole area of compassion. Let me just give you a few stories of what God has been doing as we have been pursuing his heart for our city with our compassion initiatives. Our food bank has continued to grow. We have an expanding team, packing bags, preparing food, delivering hampers, and feeding families all across the city. We have invested as a church tens of thousands of pounds in this. We give away 100 plus food hampers every single week, and have given over 1,000 hampers to families and individuals in need just the first three months of this year. In December, we ran the big Christmas giveaway, and you guys raised just over 8,000 pounds, which has been distributed to Hull's most vulnerable families. 
In September, we will launch the table, and each week we get many of Hull's homeless community through our doors. Sometimes as many as 50 come to church to get food, friendship, prayer, and community. And the team there that Ben is leading so, so well has been cultivating a supernatural kingdom culture where the power and the presence of God is welcomed. And most weeks, people are getting prayed for. People are experiencing the love and the presence and the power of God. We're seeing that in the places and people that darkness is most intense, the light of the kingdom shines the brightest. We've seen stories of healing, people coming to know Jesus, demonic power being confronted, beginning to serve at the table. I love how all the teams gather, and I sometimes watch from... uh, at the balcony, all the teams of our compassion gather together to pray before they open the doors and see so many people in the cafe just praying to welcome these people and to have the heart of Jesus for these people is absolutely stunning. And you've heard many times to say our heart is not just to do kind of hands out, handouts, but to offer a welcome home to those who are broken So not just meet an immediate need. Yes, that's really important. For some people, it's keeping them alive. It's offering them hope for another day. That is so, so crucial. We should never, ever underestimate those things. But we want to go beyond that. We want to usher these men and these women into hope, into ambition, into dignity, into the fullness of life and freedom through the good news of the kingdom. We're about justice and restoration, not just charity and mercy. And we've all seen a number of these guys from the table attending our Sunday gatherings, which is incredible. Now, Grow Baby, many of you know the stunning growth we've seen in this ministry. And what started out was a few baby bags. Uh, we've seen incredible momentum, which culminated, uh, it was already very big to handle, but uh, recently, uh, another charity that does this work in Beverly, Um, closed down bundles of joy and basically handed to us their charity resources and money and equipment and all the clients and so we're we're getting ready to um, open up again as it were on a bigger scale um, next month and what was really awesome about that is that when we uh, when we had George for those who knew here our our newest he's, he's, he's three months old is that the health visitor came round and we were sharing about what we do as a church and about Grow Baby. And she shared with us about Bundle of Joy closing down. And when she left the house, Joni and I said, God's going to give us that. We need to text the team. But we were on sabbatical. So we had an argument. And I'm like, we do not interfere. I don't like interfering when I'm off sabbatical. I definitely don't interfere when we're on sabbatical. If it's the Lord, he'll work it out. And so we didn't, and then it was so good to come back and hear, yeah, we've done this, John, while you've been off. We've uh, you know, got bundles of joy and all this amazing stuff. I just love how God is speaking and how God is moving. And we've helped so many families since we launched in December 2020. And there's a couple of stories. A Muslim couple came to drop off some items for Grow Baby. I was able to show them around the church. They're so moved by what we do, they have offered to be translators for Arabic families who don't speak English. They're helping the first family this week. 
We're dealing with many more agencies than ever before as Bundles of Joy have pointed them in our direction. So many people in our community are hearing about Grow Baby than ever before. And those who have collected from us are blown away by our church building and all that goes on here, saying that they never knew we existed before. A family who found themselves in hard times when the husband suddenly lost his job received support from Grow Baby and the food bank over a couple of months. They sent us a card saying that they would have struggled to feed and clothe their children without our support over this period of time and couldn't thank us enough. We delivered food, clothes, toiletries, nappies, wipes to a lady with three young children who suffered a recent relationship breakup, finding herself as a single mom. She texted to say she'd cried with joy when her parcels were delivered, saying, because of you, my children have warm clothes to wear and food to eat. I can't put into words my thanks. A mum of five walked to our church all the way from Long Hill with her two youngest children, a three-year-old son and a one-month-old baby who was being pushed in a broken pram. The three-year-old had walked. We had just received two days before a beautiful new double pram suitable for a toddler and a newborn, which we were able to bless her with. We also provided parcels of clothes, bedding, and nappies. She was visibly moved as we booked a taxi to take her home so that she didn't have to walk. Isn't that amazing? So let's give the teams uh, just a round of applause. We're also delighted to announce that um, in November, we're hosting the National Grow Baby Conference on behalf of the Vineyard Movement. And uh, really excited, Simon Ponsonby, who's one of the best Bible teachers, will be speaking at that and staying on for the weekend to be with us and speak at our Sunday. Community money advice. Here's an update from our debt advice center manager, Mark. Since we opened our doors in September 2020, we've seen over 60 different people. We have built up strong links with local services, domestic abuse charities, local churches and support services, and organizations, and are getting a steady stream of clients referred to us. We aren't quite there yet, but we're knocking on the door of having a waiting list if things continue. A nice problem to have. Our clients come from a mixture of backgrounds, but mental health and relationship breakdowns feature heavily. We have managed debts amounting to over 313,000 pounds in this time, and the average debt of our clients is 8,500 pounds. In the past 12 months, we have held over 100 client appointments at Hull Vineyard, running just one day a week with four volunteers. Most of our client, clients have reached a point in their lives where they are desperate and have run out of options, and we are often their last hope in turning their lives around. Let me tell you a story, and the names have been changed. Dee came to us following a relationship breakdown. His wife and two children left him, and after she'd gone, he discovered that the family had debts of over 14,000 pounds. These debts had been taken out by his ex-wife, and he had no knowledge of these until the letters started coming through the letterbox. His head was a mess, and he didn't know how to deal with the creditors. We took the burden away from him and have been negotiating with his creditors since late in 2021, resulting in all but one of the debts being written off. The last one is in progress. He now has hope for his future. Jay came to us in June 2021, again following a relationship breakdown after domestic violence. Her ex was the main earner in the family and had accrued debts of over 11,000 pounds. She was in receipt of benefits with two children to care for and received no financial support from her ex. We worked closely with Jay and after four months, her debts were written off completely after we applied for a debt relief order. She's now back on track and she's rebuilding her life for herself 
and her family free from the fear of death. Isn't that amazing? Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Now, so much more that we could share, but I want to paint a picture of where we're going and what we have in our heart. And what we want to do is that we want to build, rent, or buy a compassion center. Among all the incredible stories and ministries and growth, we have discovered a major problem. It's a good problem. It's called space. It's the problem of space, and we're simply running out of space to effectively operate our rapidly expanding compassion ministries. And who would have thought our building, which is amazing, has now become a bottleneck to growth and indeed going to the next level. We always, was in our heart to always get to a tipping point where we would exhaust and utilize uh, the stewardship of this building in order to do as much as that we can and could but we're now at a tipping point and fast approaching. We have, it's led to some limiting factors uh, on some other ministries. Our food bank is uh, one of the upstairs rooms which um, isn't logistically ideal for running a food bank. Our grow baby room is too small for what we have in terms of our growth trajectory. Our CMA office just about there has reached capacity. Um, you'll see a lot of the stuff in the balcony. We now have more and more people using our balcony for services, and so it's difficult with the storage of so many things up there. So we need more space in order to go to the next level. And we, we sense that the Lord is inviting us to lift up our heads and to take uh, the next step, a step of faith. And so we're not 100% sure what that looks like. We've been busy and active and pushing on lots of doors and just seeing what is happening. We've seen and viewed facilities. We're coming up with different ideas. Uh, we're talking to various people. But what we're praying for, and this is what I want us to lean into, to pray for as a church is for this to come into being. So we'd love to open a comp compassion center where a it's a space of hope and dignity and generosity that can serve and love our city really well. And here's what we're looking for. We want somewhere to house our food bank with lots of space to grow, to store food, to distribute food, and to serve the hungry. Um, we may get a forklift truck, if anyone wants to drive that as part of the ministry, and rotors. I'm really excited about that. Anyone else? Of everything I've said, I'm most excited about that. <laughs> we want to move beyond sending out food hampers and build a community shop where people can come and, and pay a small amount. Obviously, we'll give it without um, an amount as well, but to help, I think, with dignity and helping train people and disciple people into their future, we want uh, to help people steward their, the little bit of money they have and so with that little bit of money, they can do a big shop. And we want that environment to be beautiful and welcoming, better than Waitrose. It's really important to Joni and I, and they understand this, is that we don't like giving the second best to anyone, particularly those who are struggling. We want people to know that this is home, that they're loved and they're looked after, and they get the best. We'll have the worst. The leaders will have the worst if we have to. They'll have the best. 
And so we want to allow people to choose what food they want, contribute towards it, will help destroy cycles of dependence. And so we want to show you some examples of this, of some other churches' vineyards, and uh, just cycle through some of these photos. Um, this is in, I won't go into detail, but we're just going to cycle through these photos to give you an idea of what these things could look like. Now, can we just pause? Because this is my, it's my favourite. <laughs> I think Ben has this as his screensaver on his computer, which I love that. Uh, but that's at St. Albans Vineyard, who do an amazing job. And uh, we're going to be going down there to see what they do. But isn't that beautiful? And so uh, we, we'd love to do something like that in the city. Uh, just keep going. Wow, that's a, a drone. Luke, have you been doing this? How cool is that? So that's, um, well, I'll come on to this, but that's uh, like a mobile mini compassion center because we, we want to build something, but we're also looking at compassion hubs around the city in different hubbubs, uh, uh, suburbs, not hubbubs. <laughs> Maybe it's prophetic, hubbubs. <laughs> Write it down, someone, hubbubs. Anyway, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so that's the, yeah, the community grocery shops, which I think are really cool. Does it make you hungry? Yeah, peppers, carrots. Yeah, where's the fennel? Um, so that's really, really exciting. So we also want somewhere to, uh, beautiful to host Grow Baby. Uh, like a stunning boutique shop where parents and caregivers can choose for themselves the items that they need, uh, where there's a, a cafe attached with a welcome beyond what they've experienced, space to chat uh, and, and to be prayed for and for the gospel to be shared. Um, if we had a compassion centre, we'd be able to do even more of what we want to do that's in our hearts, furniture distribution, woodwork, creative opportunities for those in need, classrooms, teaching opportunities, language lessons, rehabilitation, job clubs, and so much more. And so as I say, we're looking at all the options and when we have something a little bit more f firmer, we will obviously come and talk to the church about what that is. But I think we just want to sow this as a vision and we want to just say, can we pray? We can begin to pray into this, and let's see what, what will happen. Here's a few other things that are in the pipeline relating to compassion. We've had a number of prophetic words about buying a bus. And um, I want a double-decker. Who else wants a double-decker? <laughs> Not the chocolate bar, the double-decker bus. I've, I'm told it's operationally complicated, but it sounds amazing. And... Uh, wouldn't it be incredible to not wait for people to find us, but to go and serve people where they are? So we're looking at pop-up food banks in the bus, grow baby on the road, pick people up, bring them to church, uh, do some cool kids and youth stuff as well with that. We're also launching a budgeting ministry where we've been positioned to begin a ministry among those in prison. Uh, we're just waiting on a few logistical issues. We've been held up a little bit by COVID, as you can imagine but we are trying our best. Um, but we, we do have a new opening with the head of the custodial unit on Clough Road. And so they want to form a partnership that when people are released out of, I think it's the largest custodial unit in, in 
hall, that's a home for the police. So they'll come here and we're able to kind of help them uh, on the next stage of their journey. Um, we're finalizing, this will be coming up in a few weeks time, but we're finalizing doing a video and stuff. Our partnership with Lighthouse, who work with vulnerable women. Um, and there's so much more we have vision for, but that gives you a, a taster. Okay, now the other two aren't as long as that, okay? What are we doing for time? Okay. Second thing, multiplication. Now, again, COVID has affected, uh, we're probably a little bit behind where we wanted to be on this, but we're, we're okay with that. We're, we're trusting God's timing. But this is very much the heart of mission, the Great Commission, creating rooms in our city to multiply what God is doing. And, and this will involve primarily a strategy which is geographically influenced. Uh, and you know the model isn't, isn't the thing we're going to get hung up on. It's not the main driver. I think that will become clear and it will be varied. But we are in the process of prayerfully bringing uh, to us all plans for um, multiplying all that we do geographically in our city and beyond. That can look like strawberry plants. It can look like multi-site church, church planting. Uh, we'd like to have uh, home groups uh, in every suburb of Hull and the area and um, some of these will form into house churches okay so that's one of the things that we're looking at but again we're not uh, getting hung up on the model uh, we're looking at and in the middle of um, looking at doing partnerships with other vineyard churches regionally and um, all areas north south east and west are certainly on the radar uh, some things that are, are kind of like little seeds, as it were, that's starting to happen is uh, Andy and Rachel Cooper, they meet, um, I think it's once a month, isn't it, in, oh, I've got this wrong, wait, wait, are they here? Help. Priory, thank you. Priory Road Baptist Church. So once a month they gather there, and I'm sure there's lots of spaces and buildings um, they'll be used for kind of like a house church model where more people can gather from that area and be able to connect with us as a church. You know, the Bible, apart from when we wait for the Holy Spirit to come, is all about go. And I think gone are the days, if I'm really honest, of the kind of like the attractional church model, which, yeah, we want people to come here, of course we do, but it's actually about the heart and the mission of Jesus, which is to go to people. And we're living in a culture, um, well, we're living in a city which, uh, at the best of times, can often be, feel quite tribal and disparate, and people feel quite separated and segregated in our city, but I think COVID has made that worse. So you actually even look at the trends of kind of, in the UK, considered mega churches, in inverted commas, is it, they have shrunk, I was talking to a friend of mine, they've gone from 1,100 to 300 during COVID, one of the main reasons is, is because it was a large attractional church is it gathered people from outside their local parish. So people would drive in to kind of like this city of refuge, kind of where, you know, church alive is worth a drive kind of mentality. But what we're seeing is that people don't want to do that. People want to be invested and connected a lot more in their local parish and not want to drive as far. And they want to feel that sense of neighboring and connection and community. And so we're really blessed, aren't we, to have this, look at all the cars, I mean, it's amazing. Just the space, 
to do what we're doing as a central hub, but kind of like a wheel with a central hub and spokes going out, we sense through compassion and through multi-site, these spreading throughout the various suburbs of Hull and beyond, who would never ever think about coming here. And primarily, this is very important to me, is I wanna help support local churches already existence in those areas. So I spend a lot of time with uh, in our Anglican brothers and sisters who may have churches of just eight, nine, ten people. And so we're not about coming in there and saying, oh, hey, we're going to do this, this, and that. We're not about that at all. We want to serve people. But where we feel there's a grace and God is speaking, we would like to plant congregations in and around the area. So Andy and Rachel have been uh, experimenting with that. We plan to stew and carry on in Thungumbol, where Stuart and carry on? Okay, watching online, I'm sure. I'm sure I saw their kids. They're where? Okay, they're in the, okay fine, we can say what we want about them. Um, so they, we, we just sent them out and it was just those two and their kids and now they're starting to see people come to them and that's out towards you know, Head and Way and we have a huge heart for you know, Head and Way, Withensee and that kind of um, area. And so I just love that as, as you kind of, that's how it works, multi-site and planting and giving away. As you give away, raise up leaders, plant them, is it, oh, they start to be discovered. And they just start with a prayer meeting. And now more and more people are coming, which I absolutely uh, love. Um, kind of in the West Hall Villages area, uh, we've talked about this before, kind of uh, Swanland and, and that area, we are... Uh, ready to start something there and so if you live in those areas please get it in touch with us we're going to be running some interest uh, lunches about certain geographical areas but uh, we're ready to launch there so if that's you then please come and get in touch with us and we have momentum building and new people joining us from East Hull and further afield so so it's really really exciting and then variety of groups multiplication even our home groups have a sense of um, uniformity about them. And so I'm very interested in creating groups that help other people who don't fit into that narrow, um, I don't know what the word is, um, model, is that they can come to home groups. So a number of people spoke to me about, um, I knew it was the Lord because I was having the thoughts and then this person said it and then that person said it and I'm like, okay. Um, about groups that kids can come to. Because, yeah, we do lots of stuff for kids, but I think it'd be great to run groups where the whole family can come to, like midweek. And uh, I know there can be some logistical things with that, but... And so uh, I know Johnny and Nilu love their starting a group at their home for parents and children. I think it's going to be like 5.30, isn't it, Josh? So that's really, really exciting just a variety of, of different things and models of what we want to do. But it's all about multiplication. Uh, we are launching a Ukraine task force, because of course Jen and Kim are part of this church, and we talked about that, and, but it's going to be a long-term uh, journey with them, and of course all the work in the Ukraine. And so we're setting up a Ukraine task force to help with that and think about rebuilding churches in the future. Um, and then church planting. Uh, we're having conversations right now with people uh, on the coast, uh, the east coast of Yorkshire, and I'll be the first one there in Bridlington. 
uh, joke, uh, half joke. Uh, <laughs> and West Yorkshire uh, and the, the kind of Wakefield district. So that's really, really exciting. Um, the third thing I want to mention to you is our online reach. And so compassion, multiplication, and our online reach. We, we said when COVID started is that we were going to lean into being a hybrid church of online and in-person. Now, let me just tell you something personally in my half-hearts. A lot of the stuff online, I'm not a big fan of, okay? Um, but just because I don't like something doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen, because that's not good leadership. Um, I think one of the things the Lord has called us to as a church is, is obscurity. I think there's a lot of power in hiddenness, particularly being a people of exile, because I think it wrought a sense of uh, a remnant people who are serious about the things of the kingdom, who are serious about prayer, serious about mission, won't sit on the fence and give opportunities for the kingdom of God to break out in supernatural ways, things that can't be manufactured through branding and marketing. And so um, I'm very reticent as well about, though we've been given huge favor and you know, the BBC have been on my case the last couple of weeks about things, I'm very worried that it's kind of, um, there's two sides to the coin. We know, don't we, from experience, the media can be your best friend on a Monday and your worst enemy on a Tuesday. And so I've just got to live in the tension that we've got to be discerning, we've got to be prayerful, we've got to... Um, just think about that as a church, but I really believe that um, the foyer has moved and there's a lot more people who we can reach through the lens of a camera than actually people who come to church, particularly because I think for many, COVID and ge geography can still be an issue. Um, and, and just when I'm having, oh, what did, Lord, what are you saying here? You know, I get the most beautiful, they'll be watching now, most, and I will reply, the most beautiful of emails yesterday from a couple in York who um, have been partaking of our online, being one of our online congregation audience, and just how much it's blessed them and lots of great things about it. And I kind of thought, yes, that's why we do this. That's why it's so important. And it was very, very moving to read that and so um, I, I generally feel that it's a both and. It's not something we can ignore, but it's something we need to press into because we could do so much more with our online um, stuff. And so we want to take things to a new level. We want to be able to reach more people with the gospel, which doesn't just include people in Hull and the region, but actually people in other countries, which is really exciting. And so we'd love our desire if resources are there to improve uh, our cameras. Everything we do is okay, it's, it's good, but there's a lot more we could be doing. Uh, new online presence initiatives. Uh, we're gonna have a new website, an app, creative videos, uh, staffing for it, and being able to connect with people. Now, don't get me wrong, I really believe transformation in terms of discipleship happens in person. And I think that's what's missing with online stuff. But reach, connection, the gospel, uh, an online community, I think is really, really important. So that's another way of, uh, of us creating a room 
in order to connect with more people and help people find Jesus. Let me just finish with a quote, and then we're going to pray. Uh, a guy called David Cassidy, uh, I, I read this and I thought, yeah, this is, this is great. What if the church purged of addiction to celebrity and neon simply offered bread, wine, water, and the word to hungry people longing for community? What if the church, instead of mourning a loss of influence, simply knelt to serve rather than seeking to repaint the corridors of power? What if the church fully preached the gospel in word, work, and wonder and became once again a church on the move, lighting signal fires of grace across a sin-stricken society and planet? What if churches in a city were part of united gospel movements of visible symphonic service to bear witness to Jesus and become co-belligerents in the battle with hell for the souls of people rather than competitors in a shrinking customer base of consumer-driven attendees. And I say all, I, I quote that because I think I want that to be, if I haven't done a very good job communicating today, I want that to be the heart of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we believe in gospel growth, gospel influence. This is, the gospel must go forward. So we believe in all those things and we want to create rooms, we want our reach, but we want it to be done with humility. We wanted to do it on our knees in prayer. We wanted to do it in partnership. We wanted to do it with discernment, not just declaring this will happen. It's very, very important that we do that. There's, as I said last week, that one of the values and one of the things that the Lord's really putting on our hearts is authenticity is so important. Authenticity. And when people dig a little bit deeper, they see this is the real thing. This isn't just something that's surface. This really, really matters to us. And uh, being like Christ, character, those things are the most important things to us. And that the city, that you and the city will see that everything that we're trying to do is to help more people. That's why we want to build a compassion center. That's why we want to multiply things. And that's why we want to do hybrid, in-person, online church. On the multiplication things, there's a huge aspect of that which is to do with leadership and I'll mention this next week uh, and, and the following weeks and months, um, but that's definitely a pedal that we want to press on. Now, would you like to stand? Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.